We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Pace, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Pace, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and while I'm usually joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal, uh, this week Yusei is out on vacation, so I'll be going solo uh, for this episode today. I want to wish Yusei a happy vacation and hope that he's having fun uh, during the holidays here as we get closer and closer to the new year. Uh, I'm recording this episode on Thursday, December 30th, so getting closer and closer to 2022, uh, it's going to be right around the corner and, of course, following up on this Bears game where the Bears winning in a thriller victory over the Seattle Seahawks on the road, 25-24. to 24. You know, I don't want to spend too much time on the game today. You know, there's not really much to be said at this point. We know that the Bears season is over for all intents and purposes. It's really just about seeing Justin Fields, his development, and the development of some of the younger players on this Bears team. But with that said, it's always nice to see a Bears win, so... You know, quickly going over this game here before we get to the main meat of today's podcast. Uh, you know, Nick Foles got the start for this one. And like every single start, it seems, with a Nick Foles game, you know, there were some rough spots in this one. It, it started off a little bit rocky in the first half at times. But, you know, the Bears defense, they did a good job of keeping things close in this game. They did a good job, I felt like, for the most part, of slowing down Russell Wilson in this and these Seattle Seahawks offense. Um, you know, you know, Seahawks, they were able to run the ball a little bit on the Bears. They got a couple of big plays through the passing game that one touchdown early to DK Metcalf. You kind of felt like things were going to be going, going wrong here for the Bears in this one. But, you know, they hung tough in this game. And then Nick Foles at the very end, making the dramatic drive down the field to win the game. Uh, you know, getting that jump ball to Jimmy Graham and double coverage, which is what Jimmy Graham is basically just here for. He's here to win jump balls in the red zone. Um, did so on that play. And then I have to talk about the two-point conversion. You know, it was, you know, this is one of the areas where, you know, obviously Matt Nagy we know is probably going to be gone by the end of this year. Depending, it doesn't really matter on the results of these final couple of games here. Matt Nagy is probably going to be fired at the end of the season. 
Um, but it was nice to see him make the aggressive and correct decision to go for two at the end of this game here and, and take a chance because, you know, what else do you have to lose? If you're the Bears, you're out of the playoff picture, obviously, and you're on the road. You know, there's a minute left in the game. Russell Wilson has a chance to go down one of the game anyway. Why not take, go and try to take the lead here late in this one instead of playing for overtime? And I, I have to give credit to Jameer Bird making a spectacular catch in the back of the end zone. I have no idea how he got both feet down, but uh, it was an insane catch. You know, we, we've given a, lot, a little bit of grief to Jameer Bird for a couple of drops this year. He had that one big one. I, I believe it was against the Vikings last week where he had he dropped that key fourth down conversion where Justin Fields threw to him a little bit high, but shouldn't be catchable. This time he makes a really tough catch. And Nick Foles kind of just threw a prayer up to him. Uh, and it worked out. So the Bears, they escape with a victory here. Does it really mean a lot going forward? You know, probably not. You know, this is a game where, again, in terms of the wins and the losses here, none of these games really matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters is we're getting to see some of the development of some of these young guys. And we saw some positives out there, I, I felt like. Um, you know, Daz Newsom, a young uh, six-round draft pick, you know, he had a nice return. And this one is a punt returner, so that was a positive to see. Uh, Thomas Graham got beat deep by DK Metcalf uh, early on in this game, but you know for the most part, I thought he played pretty well in coverage. He had a key uh, pass defense late in this game uh, before the Bears' final drive um, that kind of set things up for you know what eventually transpired on that final drive there. So Thomas Graham continues to make plays and look somewhat impressive at that cornerback position. I'm not sure he's a long-term starter, but Hey, man, he's, he's making plays, and he's, and he's looking pretty solid for a rookie so far. And then Khalil Herbert had a rushing touchdown in this game. Larry Borum got some snaps at left tackle because Tevin Jenkins, unfortunately, uh, going down with a shoulder injury once again. You know, we're hoping that Tevin Jenkins can stay healthy because he is such a big you know, key factor to uh, the future of this Bears team. So hoping he can stay healthy there. But otherwise, you know, Travis Gibson uh, made a couple more flashes in this game. You know, Jalen Johnson didn't play, but the other second round pick in the 2020 draft, Colton Matt had a couple nice catches, a couple nice plays after the catch, which is really exciting to see. You know, I've I've given Cole Komet. I haven't really been the most fair to Cole Komet during his time as Bear here, but you know, he he made a couple of nice plays in this game today. So again, we're starting to see some of the younger guys starting to make some plays here, starting to to show some flashes. And of course, Darnell Mooney, you know, had a couple of big catches in this game as well. So um, you know, a lot of positives to take away from this Bears victory. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to the Giants game later on uh, to preview that at the very end of this here. But, you know, certainly some positives as we go into week 17, uh, where, where the Bears will take on the Giants at home for their uh, final game at home of the season. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I'll, I'll get to that at the end of this podcast. You know, in terms of what I'm going to be covering today, uh, this episode is going to be primarily focused on the college football playoff, kind of previewing uh, these two games that we are going to be getting on Friday. Um, so really excited for that. We're breaking down some of the key players to watch, my predictions, what I think is going to happen uh, for these two games here. Uh, really looking forward to these. This is really where college football gets interesting near the end as we get into bowl season and we get to the college football playoff. That's what it's all about when it comes to college football outside of the big time rivalries and and evaluating all of these players. But before I get into all of that, I have to take a minute here, a quick minute, uh, to talk about some very sad news that touched all of us in the Bears community and NFL community um, as a whole. And that comes to the passing of Jeff Dickerson on Tuesday due to complications from colon cancer. 
you know, Jeff was a fixture at ESPN on the Chicago Bears beat for about two decades. And, you know, my earliest memories of following the Bears on ESPN and, and following the Bears on the beat was reading and following his work, you know, especially in high school and college, as I started to get more and more interested in the Bears and, you know, sports journalism and whatnot. You know, Jeff's work was a big inspiration for me writing on the Bears and doing what I do now with this podcast and all my other projects that I work on in regards to the NFL and the Bears. You know, I never got to meet Jeff personally, but everyone I talked to that did meet him and, and knew him well, they speak warmly about his generosity, his kindness, his overall good nature. And I, we are all just very sad to lose Jeff uh, this week. You know, it, and it, it becomes tragic because, you know, you look at, you know, his son Parker, losing both of his parents now in recent years due to cancer. It's, it's a very tragic, sad situation. And if you're looking to support his son, Parker, uh, please make sure to go ahead and donate to the GoFundMe in his name in support of him. Last that I heard, we you know, there's about $750,000 that have been raised at least uh, from the last that I've seen. Just amazing how the NFL community, uh, the sports journalist community, the sports community really has really gotten behind this cause. And even if you can't donate at this time, just Please share and raise awareness for this. Every little bit helps during this difficult time. I, I think you know what we've seen here is the city of Chicago and the NFL media landscape has really come together for this here. It's, it's always tragic when you have such a good person. And by all accounts, Jeff was a great person. Uh, loses life to a tragic battle like this. But you know, all we can do now is continue to put our support towards right places here and that is supporting his son Parker and make sure that we can invest in his future because uh, it is always difficult anytime you can lose a parent it is always a difficult situation so uh, my thoughts and my prayers are going towards uh, the Dickerson family his loved ones his friends and his family and certainly towards his son Parker during this difficult time we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into the main topic of today's podcast, and that's covering the college football playoff and previewing some of these games that we're going to be getting uh, tomorrow on Friday as the time of this recording. So I'm going to start off with the Alabama-Cincinnati game. Uh, that game is set to be at 330 I believe, um, Eastern time. That might be correct. I might be wrong on that one. But um, Alabama versus Cincinnati, 
when you look at some of the main players that I want to watch in this game, it really starts with Cincinnati here. The quarterback position, of course, with Desmond Ritter. And this is going to be the biggest game of his entire college career. Desmond Ritter, you know, he's had an interesting season, really an interesting career at Cincinnati. You know, ever since he's taken over as the starter for Cincinnati, all they've done is has won um, during his time as a starter. And all he's done is produce. And you look at, you know, what he's done this season in particular, you know, he, he has a career high in passing yards, over 3,000 passing yards this year, career high in yards per attempt, uh, career high in touchdowns, a 30 touchdowns, eight interception season, career high in passer rating. Um, we look at Desmond Ritter, all we've seen from him throughout his college career, and while I still question whether he's a first-round talent, all we've seen him do is just get better and better and better throughout his college career, at least statistically. Um, you know, there's still a long way to go for me in terms of evaluating his play uh, towards the NFL for him as a pro prospect, but, you know, he still has a lot of tools to work with here. And, you know, this game right here, this is the big one. If he can come out in this game and play well and look like he belongs against a defense that, let's be honest here, is probably going to outmatch being, you know, a bit of a mismatch compared to this offense because Cincinnati, while it's they're a great story, I just don't think they're on the same level talent-wise as an SEC team, especially of the caliber of an Alabama program that has first-round talents all over the place. Um, it, that's just the nature of it with the way this works. So Desmond Ritter, this is a huge game for him in terms of his NFL prospects. If he can come out and have a big game here, win or lose, uh, if he looks like he, he, he can play well and, and he steps up to the challenge here, that's going to go a long way towards him being a first-round pick because right now I think he's on the borderline right now. I personally would not take him in the first round, but he, he's – He's going to be pretty close for a lot of NFL evaluators. And when you look at the state of this quarterback class, a big game in this situation could do a lot of great things for his draft stock here. But, you know, besides Desmond Ritter, though, there are a lot of other prospects on the Cincinnati team to watch out for. And a lot of guys that could be going early in this draft. And I'll start with an edge player for Cincinnati, uh, Maje Sanders. You know, he's a guy who's played defensive end for them over the past three years. He's been a starter there. Our significant contributor for this defense. And, you know, the interesting thing with Sanders is that, you know, while his sack numbers don't really blow you away, he only has two and a half sacks this season, only 13 and a half for his career. And he's been a major contributor for about three years now with Cincinnati. So the sack numbers don't necessarily blow you away, but he's a guy that has a lot of intriguing traits when you look at translating to the next level. And, and this is one of the things that uh, we have to have a conversation about sacks translating to the next level. You know, sacks is not a measurement that or a statistic that we should use necessarily to measure uh, these players when it comes to rushing the passer. You know, I look at you know, Adafe Owe, for instance, um, for Baltimore Ravens this past year, a great example, a guy who did not have great production in college in terms of getting after the quarterback. But if you have the right amount of traits that can translate and, be, and can be molded by the right coaching staff, in the right scheme, uh, you can be a very productive NFL player, even without great production in, in college. And I think the same can hold true for Sanders. Uh, my Jay Sanders, uh, he's a very good athlete. Uh, he has some things that he can work with here in terms of translating to the next level. He's got very good length at six foot five, about 250 pounds. You know, there are some things that he needs to work on in terms of his technique and you know, is he the most versatile guy in terms of scheme? I don't know. I think he's the best off as a 4-3 defensive lineman 
or you know he can kind of be in that wide nine, uses speed and, and quickness and length to get after the quarterback. Um, the thing with him as you know, even though he doesn't get a lot of stack, sacks, he still does a good job of generating pressure. And that's really the most important thing to look at when translating to the NFL game is, is this guy, can he get pressure on the quarterback? Because what really translates in terms of sacks is you have to look at the pressure numbers first. And Sanders, he does a good job of generating pressures. And you would hope that regression would help him out to the point where he can start to finish plays and start to get sacks. So Sanders, he's a name to watch in this one. Ahmad Garner, cornerback, is another game, a name to watch in the secondary. The Bears, uh, they're going to be in need of cornerback help uh, this offseason. You know, Ahmad Garner, I think, is a player that he looks like more of a day two guy for me right now, but uh, there is some noise that he could be a first round type of talent as well. So um, he's another interesting name to watch in this game. He's going to have a lot of, he's going to have a tough time guarding some of these wide receivers. And we've got John Mechie, uh, Jameson Williams. Uh, I'm really interested to see how he holds up in that matchup against those guys. And then uh, going back to the offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, uh, Josh Riley, a tight end prospect is to, is a guy to watch out for. Doesn't have a ton of production, but tight ends in college typically don't have a lot of production. So uh, keep an eye out for him and some of the traits that he shows off. Um, those are some of the main guys I'm watching in terms of the, the main four players on Cincinnati. Now, switching over to Alabama, obviously there are way more players here as, as Alabama, as you know, uh, big time program here. They, they have a lot of more big name first round talents. Uh, to really work with here. So I'll, I'll just run down a list here. Evan Neal, uh, left tackle for Alabama. I think this college football playoff, he has a good opportunity uh, to really solidify himself as the top tackle in his class. And really, he can solidify himself as a top three pick uh, with his performance in the college football playoff. You know, I'm really interested to see how him and Sanders, if they match up in this game at all, I, I'm really interested to see how that matchup fares, because this is probably going to be Evan Neal. It's going to be one of his tougher tests in this game. It's going to be certainly Sanders, his toughest test of the season going up against a tackle like Neal. But when sticking on the offensive side of the ball, you have to look at the wide receiver talent here for Alabama here. I already mentioned it earlier, John Mechie, Jameson Williams. I think Jameson Williams, he has a case to be the top wide receiver in this class. And you cannot teach the level of speed that he has. And we, we know NFL teams, they're going to value speed at the top of the drafts a lot. And fortunately for Williams, he has a lot of skill sets to kind of play off of that speed when it comes to route running and making difficult contested catches. Uh, Williams, he's, he's a full package at the wide receivers uh, spot. And well, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't mention John Mechie actually, because uh, John Mechie of course has went down with the season ending injury. So uh, Mechie will not be playing in this game. So Jameson Williams, he's going to be the main guy, uh, for this Alabama offense, as he has been for the most of this year. So Will Williams, let's see how he can do in this situation. Uh, going up against Ahmad Garner, I'm really excited to see what that matchup goes on for uh, between those two players. On the defensive side of the ball for Alabama, uh, there are a couple guys to keep note of here. Christian Harris at linebacker is a name to watch. Is a linebacker that go, could go very high. Uh, Jordan Battle, a safety player that I'm really intrigued by for the Bears because the Bears, they need a safety opposite of Eddie Jackson at some point. Um, I'm not sure if Battle is the guy that they'll end up going with because Battle, he, he seems like a guy that's going to be uh, going early on day two. Uh, a lot could change between now and, and the draft, but uh, Battle is a name to keep an eye on for Bears fans if they're looking for a safety replacement uh, or a guy just to bring in there alongside Eddie Jackson at safety. And then Josh Joe at cornerback, another name to watch as well for 
uh, more cornerback talent uh, in the middle rounds of this draft. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. In terms of my prediction for this game, you know, I, I just don't see a scenario where Cincinnati can uh, keep it close in this one. I have Alabama winning this game convincingly. I think it's going to be 55 to 24 Alabama in this one. Uh, Cincinnati, they may be able to get some uh, garbage touchdowns late. Maybe Desmond Ritter has a couple of nice plays here and there. But, you know, this Alabama team, they're a machine on offense, even without John Mechie. So, you know, I, I think Bryce Young and what he does uh, for this offense is just – it's just, it's just it's just going to be way too much for Cincinnati to handle. So Alabama, I'm taking them 55 to 24. And then in terms of the next game to watch here, Georgia versus Michigan following uh, that game earlier on the day. Um, it really, when you look at Georgia, it really comes down to their defense and all the players that they have on that side of the ball. It's really a who's who of NFL prospects that are going to be picked high in this upcoming draft. You look at Jordan Davis. He's kind of the bigger biggest name. I mean, he's the biggest person by far. Uh, as, as the big nose tackle for this team, but there are a bunch of guys on this defense to keep in mind here. You know, Darion Kendrick uh, at corner, uh, he's a transfer from Clemson who's had a really nice year for them at that corner position. Uh, Nicobe Dean, he might be the best linebacker in this class. You know, an undersized linebacker, a ton of speed working sideline to sideline. He's really fun to watch. Um, and he's a guy that, I again, I don't think he's a player to watch for the Bears because they have other needs and uh, certainly Roquan Smith, he's already has that linebacker position held down to a degree. But Nicobe Dean, he's a really fun player to watch. Uh, at safety, Lewis Kine, another guy, really impactful player for that Georgia defense. And then you go into the trenches here for Georgia. And this is where I think the Bears could be interested in when watching this Georgia defense. Uh, defensive lineman Trevon Walker uh, is kind of like an edge interior hybrid pass rusher. Um, you know, the Bears, depending on who the next coaches, they could be going more to a multiple scheme. You never know who the next guy they're going to bring in. Uh, if that's the case, Walker's a, a kind of a perfect guy to kind of bring in for that type of scheme. Uh, and then Devontae Wyatt as well. Uh, another big physical uh, defensive lineman for that Georgia defense. Uh, they just have talent everywhere, man. And then on the offensive side of the ball, wide receiver, George Pickens, you know, coming back from that knee injury, you know, Hasn't quite looked as explosive, but that's never really was Pickens' game anyway. He's more of a you know subtle route runner, big contested guy. You know how is he going to fare against this Michigan defense? Um, where you know it's it can be said that it might be a little bit of a struggle for the quarterback to even get Pickens the ball in this game. But if they can, 
Uh, Pickens is going to be a big game for him because I'm not sure if he declares this year, he might want to stay another year just because, you know, this year is basically just a wash due to injury. It really depends on how scouts and NFL executives view, you know, that injury and how it, hit, it impacts you know, his draft status moving forward. But Pickens, uh, certainly he has a lot to play for in the college football playoff. I, I'm expecting him to come out and try to have a big game here. And in terms of Michigan and what to expect there, uh, you had to start the edge duo of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojebo here at the edge spot. You know, those two guys, it's very possible that Michigan has two first-round edge prospects between these two players here. So Aiden Hutchinson, as we all know, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Um, he could be in the running for the number one overall pick. You know, he's very good at transitioning in terms of speed to power, converting speed to power. Uh, he's worked on his technique over the years. He, he has a lot of counters to his pass rush moves. And, you know, this is a good situation for him here in terms of being a Heisman finalist to maybe solidify his status and try to, you know, have a big impact on this game. If he can have a big impact in this college football playoff, it would not surprise me whatsoever to see him go number one in the draft because he has a lot of talent to work with here. I think he's safely going to be a top five pick when it comes to next year's draft, but, you know, him and Ojebo, really, really fun duo to watch at that edge position. Um, you know how much I love watching uh, these edge guys. Anyone who's listened to this podcast knows how much I love watching and breaking down pass rushers. Uh, Hutchinson and Ojebo are as good as it gets in college football. But another player to watch on this Michigan defense that may or may not play is Daxton Hill, who's dealing with an injury right now. Uh, he's listed as questionable for this game. So I think it's going to be a game-time decision whether he plays or not. Hill a very good safety prospect in this class could be going on day two as well. So uh, another player to watch for this Michigan defense in terms of my prediction for this game, you know, it's funny looking at this matchup here. It's kind of like that Spider-Man pointing meme where uh, you have two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. It's a classic meme. Um, and that's kind of how I think of these, these two teams, Georgia and Michigan, they're kind of the same team where, you know, two teams that are defensively minded uh, can get after you uh, get after the quarterback. They can stop the run. They're physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, they've been very dominant on that side of the ball all year long, but you kind of wonder, you know, will their offense, especially at the quarterback position, hold them back at any point? And that's really what it comes down to. Which quarterback do I trust more? Which defense do I trust more? And in this game, I'm going to have to go with Georgia uh, in this one. I think their defense is just going to be too much for uh, Michigan to handle this one. My prediction is going to be 27 to 10. Georgia, I think it's going to be very close for the most part, but Georgia is just going to pull away late in this game. I just don't think Michigan will have enough offense to really support themselves here in this one. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, moving on to the final topic here. Let's get to this Bears Giants game real quick before we wrap up this podcast. Um, in terms of predicting this game here, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on, in terms of my prediction, whether Justin Fields gets to start or not. That's the only thing I'm really interested in for this game. Obviously, if Tevin Jenkins is healthy and out there ready to go, I, I want to see how he does at that left tackle position. Uh, you know, some of these other younger players, how will they step up here? 
Um, but it really comes down to Justin Fields. If he's back in this game for this game, I'm really intrigued by uh, what he can do against this Giants defense. I don't think this Giants defense is all that great. I, I think there are some things to exploit here. So if Fields can get back healthy. This will be a big game, for, I think, for his development. In terms of my X factor for this game, I'm going with Robert Quinn here. And really, it's solely for the, the question of, can he break the sack record? Uh, Quinn, he's got 17 sacks now on the season. Um, Richard Dent has a single season record for the Bears for sacks in the season with 17 and a half. So all it takes for Robert Quinn is to get one more sack and he'll have the record uh, for most sacks in a single season for a Bears player. It's been a phenomenal year for Robert Quinn. If you were to tell me before the season that this is the conversation we'd have about Quinn rather than when's the earliest we can get you know, to cut him in the offseason, I would have told you you were a liar. But Quinn, he's bounced back this year. He's clearly recovered from that injury he had last season, that drop foot issue he had. Uh, he's been outstanding, and he has a really good chance because the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones is out for the season now. They shut him down for the Giants. They're going to be starting either Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm. And Jake Fromm, if you watched him last week, was brutal to watch. We obviously know what Mike Glennon is. As a quarterback, we got to see him, obviously, with the Bears in 2017. Uh, that was one of Ryan Pace's biggest quarterback mistakes in terms of signing him to a big contract to only last four games. Uh, just a really bad signing for the Bears. And obviously, we got to see him last year as well. He was with Jacksonville, and the Bears were able to get a, a pretty convincing win against Jacksonville when Mike Glennon got the start late in the season then. So it's going to be one of those games where I, I'm not sure um, – how entertaining it's going to be. I think the Bears are going to win this one 24 to 6 because of the fact that uh, the, the Giants offense, as bad as we think the Bears offense is, the Giants offense is a whole new level of bad with Daniel Jones out and their offensive line issues and just everything going wrong with the Giants organization. So um, I had the Bears win this one again, like I said, 24 to 6. I, I think if Justin Fields plays, that'll be obviously huge. I think the Bears win regardless of who starts, whether it's uh, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, but I'm hoping Fields can get out there because while I get the understanding or the sentiment that, you know, you kind of want to just bench or not bench him, but sit him, shut him down for the year while he gets healthy because there's not much he can, he can gain from the rest of the season. I kind of understand that, you know, Justin Fields, he needs reps. He needs to get uh, more opportunities to get some of the kinks out in his rookie year and to get more chemistry with some of these guys like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. And some of these other young players, maybe if Daz Newsom gets a um, run in this game, maybe he gets some chemistry with him as another wide receiver there. So there are a lot of important reasons for Justin Fields to get playing time. If he's healthy, he should play in this game. And hopefully he can have a good one against the Giants team that I don't think is particularly good whatsoever. They're obviously in a very similar situation as the Bears this year. Outside the playoff picture, uh, going to be near the top of the draft in this one. They obviously have the Bears draft pick in the first round next year so. That's kind of an interesting storyline for this game. But yeah, all in all, I'm taking the Bears to win this one. I think it should be a fairly easy victory. Uh, send out the Bears on a high note in their last home game of the season. And I'm, I'm really hoping that we can see a good tribute to Jeff Dickerson. I think that would be a really nice thing to see uh, for this Bears organization. I, I think it's something that we see in this game. And it would be uh, it, it would be a very good culmination, I think, for the Bears to get this win. I get this one for Jeff. I think, I think that's really one of the main things to take away from this one here. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for me here at the picks for pace podcast. Um, it felt a little bit weird doing it solo this week without you say, but you know, it is what it is. You know, you said he's going to have, a he's having a fun vacation right now. So 
Uh, wishing the best for him that he can get back home safely from his trip. Um, you know, in terms of the Picks for Face podcast here going forward, uh, a lot of our coverage here as we get to the ending of this season is going to start to shift more towards uh, covering college football prospects in terms of getting into the draft season, you know, getting to our positional previews, previewing the Senior Bowl, uh, the East Shrine Bowl, uh, the draft combine, if they do a draft combine, NFL combine this year. Um, a lot of this, this is really where our topics really start to change towards more towards our draft coverage. So really excited to get to some of that over the next coming months. Um, in terms of where all of our listeners can follow Picks for Pace on social media, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Picks for Pace. Uh, to find my work, you can find my work at The Bear Report. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Freeman 25. Have a lot of interesting stuff coming out for head coaching profiles for the Bears. I just did a piece on Kella Moore going over the pros and the cons of you know, potentially hiring him to be the next Bears head coach. Um, a lot of stuff with Bears offseason coming up over the next couple of weeks. So make sure to check that out on the Bearport website. Make sure to check out uh, my last couple of issues of the Tracking the Trenches series, uh, which I do for every single Bears game. Uh, Going to have the one for the Seattle Seahawks up. I think it was up today. So by the time of this recording, it should be up um, for if you want to check out offensive line, defensive line play, uh, getting into the nitty gritty of uh, pass rushing, pass blocking stats. I do all that stuff for every single Bears game. So you can go check that out. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to today's episode, for tuning into all of our episodes. Um, you know, it's been a tough year, Bears fans, but only a couple of years left. Let's hope that we get to get a couple of more fun moments in this season before we get to the off season. So without further ado, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, happy new year, of course, to everyone. Be safe this weekend. Uh, enjoy the festivities. Uh, it, it's certainly going to be something to celebrate getting to a new year, hopefully new possibilities for all of us here uh, with our new year's resolutions. So happy holidays, everyone. Have a great weekend. Be safe and bear down bears fans.